Recording in progress. It's a. Can I tell you something? This might surprise you, but but you know what? I hate technology. Oh, it's because you have to work with it too much. It's that you know. I think that the reason that I went into technology was so that I could learn how to deal with stuff and not constantly be in a uh, you know a state of needing to ask somebody or having to figure it out or you know all of that. But what I didn't realize at the time was that's a never-ending battle. It never yeah. stops. Yeah, because it keeps changing. Oh, it drives me insane. Just trying to get into Zoom today, which it's not like I've never used Zoom before. It was an odyssey. I ended up opening up another device, and, you know, just telling you about it is going to raise my blood pressure because it's like, really, you had to just delete all my saved passwords and everything? Really? Uh -huh. I just, oh, I get so tired of it. I really do. I do, too. And I am nursing along my laptop, which uh, was passed down to me from Abraham Lincoln's widow. Mm. It's very, very old, but it has a double CD drive in it. Ooh, nice. Or a DVD drive in mm -hmm. it. And it's, um, you know, it's a little finicky and a little fussy, but I just dread getting a new one because it's not going to have the kind of storage this has. Yeah. And it's going to be all, you know, all shiny and new and designed for a third grader. Right. And Who will instinctively know how to use it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I got this one and instead of having a decent list of what the programs were, there were these bright, colorful buttons <laughs> and all I had to do wasn't it, it just blinded me and I hated it mm -hmm. and I still don't love it I still I'm I love words just give me words and I'll be a lot happier I, I, I know that yeah. to make it as easy as possible for those people who don't love words well but how is it easier if you have to go around your elbow to get to your behind well I know that I couldn't explain to you but I'm assuming it's so they could sell me a new product. Is that how that usually goes? It's called functional obsolescence. And planned obsolescence, yes, ma'am. Yeah, planned obsolescence. And the computer industry is so good at doing it. And it's just, it's yeah, ridiculous. I, yep, and my phone has slowed down. And I've dumped a bunch of, because you know I've got a blue million photos on it. Mm -hmm. I've dumped a bunch of stuff, moved some stuff around cleaned out some stuff and it's still slow and I know that's because it's old and they want me to buy a new one. Right, that's exactly it. Do you think if you couldn't have been a writer, what do you think you would have ended up doing? A paid assassin. Okay. <laughs> well, I bet the money's good. <laughs> money's really good you probably don't have to work real often well according to if you watch james bond movies you have to work for you know a two-week stretch or something and then you get a lot of time off yeah well you have to have time off for all the healing because mm -hmm. you've been beat to crap i know it well isn't that daniel craig though i mean wasn't he the first one that really started getting his butt kicked in the yes yeah the other yeah. Who's that, the one that was Bond for so many years, the distinguished chap with the the dark Sean hair? Connery? Sean Connery? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I always liked him. Mm -hmm. 
He was good. Mm. Most definitely. I like, I like me a burly kind of Scotsman, you know. <laughs> mm. Yes, I do. Nice. So, so uh, I know Salin is, man, is it coming fast. I can't believe how fast it's getting here. Uh, and, I, and I feel the days speeding up, too. Are you feeling that? actually it's kind of weird because i was noticing what the date was today and i thought really it's only that huh we're not even quite two weeks into it oh that's good oh i got i've still got plenty to do and i've got to i got to make some mm -hmm. some i don't know i'm i don't want to say hard decisions and i don't want to say big decisions because they're probably not hard and they're probably not big but significant i've got to make a couple of significant decisions mm. about celebration of this holy day true and i need to do that uh too sweet as we say yeah that's true you know some folks came in the shop asking about it uh over the weekend yeah they wanted well, to know and i said well i'm sure that's being decided now did you know them no no then they are probably the kind of people we refer to them as BS pagans, because the only time they celebrate and pretend that they're pagans or witches or whatever is Beltane and Samhain. Mm. Now, Christians call those Christmas Easter Christians, because <laughs> they only show up for the two big holy days, but we call them BS pagans. God. So they, oh, what are you going to be doing? Oh, I just have to do something. Well, what were you doing two months ago? Nothing. What do you mean? Yeah. Can you tell I'm a little ill with those people right now? A little I can bit. tell, yeah. <laughs> but it happens every year. Yeah. Every year. People yeah. come out of the woodwork and suddenly they have this feeling that celebrating Samhain is what grown-ups do when they can't do Halloween anymore. <laughs> and so, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we ain't going to do any of the stuff you think we're going to do. So, unless you want to get your pants scared off when we chant and open the veil between the worlds and yeah. welcome the dead, then I don't know that you want to come play with us. Because <laughs> we're not going to have green faces and we're not going to be dressed, you know, the way you think we should be dressed. Although, the holy right. although that being said, I'm about this far from uh, dressing as a plague doctor on Samhain. Because well, I'll be working. Be <laughs> I'll be working, and so I might as well. Oh, so you probably have to dress somewhat. No, no, I don't really have to, but I'd like to make my point, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. There's a fellow who came in the shop the other day and had on a T-shirt that had Neil deGrasse Tyson. Is that how you say his name? He's a scientist. Uh -huh. And, yep. and I, I like him because he will take his complicated theories and he really puts them into English that most every one of us can understand. And uh, anyway, it had his photo on it and it said, funny thing about the truth, dot, dot, dot. It's true whether you believe it or not. It's still true whether you believe it or not. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I get it. And then he saw my t-shirt and <laughs> he was laughing. You know, and I said, yeah, we're kind of saying the same thing, aren't we, in a, in a roundabout that, way. That was that your shirt that ends with IQ test? Yes. Yes, yes. I love that shirt. It started as a virus and mutated into an IQ test. That's exactly the way I feel about it. And 
I am not one to get up in people's faces, and especially now that there's COVID. But I don't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't care if, if some people get offended by that. I'm just tired of people somebody around our neighborhood because they're getting ready to do a couple of big old projects they're going to screw us even farther oh, and so we were walking one of the people around the neighborhood and I'm telling them a little bit about the history and this woman who does not live in our neighborhood but is probably doing Airbnb here somewhere oh, she comes walking up with her damn dog off a leash and so I'm you know here's the history of my neighborhood and I just turned to her and I said leash your dog and she said, mind your own business. <gasps> I said, it is my business. This is my neighborhood leash. <laughs> and that is, that's the hill I'm ready to die on at this point. Because I wow. see anybody with an unleashed dog, and I'm going to say to them, leash your dog. Because I'm done with it. I'm so done with it. You know, it's not even, I mean, it's still the city limits where you're at. I could understand if you've got a dog in a farm. I am within spitting distance of downtown, and these people need to leash their damn dogs. Yeah, they do. And there's a whole lot of laws I don't agree with, and some of those very laws I do not follow. But this is a law that is here for the safety of other people's companion animals and children yep. and, and health and safety. Well, in a way, we're kind of talking about the same thing with COVID and with that. It's like, don't that lady doesn't have to leash her dog because she's worried about her dog biting her. That lady's leashing her dog to keep it from causing chaos in, in the world around other people and other animals. Right. And it's the same thing with the vaccine. These people are like, no, you know, I have a funny reaction to the flu shot, and I just have a feeling... You know what feels really intense? The feeling of not being able to breathe. That's a feeling. That's a feeling. So, and as far as working at the shop and working in public, I stay safe as I can. And I got to tell you that for whatever reason, the public just doesn't bother me. <laughs> They can they can be as whatever as they want to be. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but when I get in public doing a job like that, I just go into front desk clerk mode. Yeah. And it's just hospitable. I try to make them feel good. If they're not in a good place, I just leave them alone. And, and I just, for whatever reason, I'm so thankful that they generally don't get to me when they're trying to be jerks. The ones that get to me are, I, I had several of them this weekend that got to me. Uh, well, it's, but not for, you know, they're the ones that go to the altar and write somebody's name down and then burst into tears. Oh, so you're not irritated with them, you're just... No, 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 I never get irritated. Yeah, yeah. well, no, I better not say that. I, uh, I do get irritated, but not enough for it to be a real, real thing. But those people who have come in here and they're just so happy. One lady came in and she found, Lisa found this local gal who makes the most beautiful jewelry. And um, she had a, a giant moth. And it was copper-plated. And it was made into a beautiful pagan necklace. Mm. 
It was absolutely stunning. And this gal walked, and she had just, just got it from her, and this gal walked in the shop, and, and she bought it for her daughter, and as I was wrapping it up, she started crying about it. So I'm not really sure what the deal is there, but it meant a lot to that lady. And then, you know, we have, I think I might have already told you this, we had a gal who drove in for, from Kentucky because she was looking for an altar to place her beloved dead on. Mm-hmm. And so she chose there because she knew with, that we're going to do a, you know, we do a ritual. Yeah. Aww. So it's like those are the ones that really get to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but in the best way. Yeah. There was a, there was another one. I wish, I wish that I that I could clone you and have it actually be you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just your clone, because. There's so many people there that I think you would be fascinated with. And I, I know what your schedule is like, so I don't even bother you about it. But there there are a lot of them there. And there, there was a gal who came in the other night, and I really related to her. Uh, not her fear, at because I wasn't ever afraid about the subject, but her confusion and, and, and all of that I related to because she had... Uh, found she found out that her grandfather, or she suspected that her grandfather was a Freemason. Yeah. And she had been her her parents had kept that information from her, specifically her dad. And so she found some stuff when her dad passed away, and she came there. And the thing that got my attention was she said, "Well, she was very hesitant." To, to ask the question and she wanted to be in private which is hard to do there and uh, so she waited around and waited around and waited around and then she got a chance and and she said she said well I, I don't really know how to say this but I, I need I need to find out how to go deeper in relation to my ancestors and so she said I need she didn't say I want to or, yeah. or I think I should, or anything. She said, I need to. And I was like, whoop, that got my attention instantly. So it's like, oh, yeah. You know. Well, we are, we are dipping our toes back into ancestor veneration mm. in the West because that was ripped away from us. You know, every, yeah. every, every so called primitive society in some way worships their ancestors. And it's just, that's biologically driven. That's where you came from. Right. And whether they were wonderful people or not, you kind of owe them a debt. Um, I'm going to do an online ancestor veneration class probably sometime next week. Wow. On, uh, fa- on Facebook Live, just so people have an idea. Yes, Because there are a lot of people like that woman who they're confused about what they can or can't do and should and shouldn't do. Yeah, they want to do it right. They want to do it. That's one thing that they have in common. And so that so yeah, that would be the most helpful thing. It really would. Well, I carved a turnip two days ago. Mm-hmm. I carved two turnips into jack o' lanterns on Facebook Live. <laughs> that was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're such a good teacher. You know. Oh, well, thank you. I really I'm loving that format. The Facebook Live. Stuff that, yeah, and there's stuff that I don't I don't care if people pay me for it. Um, this sweet gal who did an interview with me, um, and I know her on Twitter, I sent her a couple of my books to do a giveaway. Mm-hmm. 
And so she contacted me to say she had gotten the books and thanked, thanked me or whatever. And she said, now, do you want me to require the people who are going to uh, enter the contest for this book to follow you on Twitter? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they want to, that'd be nice. But that just seems wrong somehow. That's it not your like, target audience. You, no, it, no, you want them like, there because they want to be there. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. And the idea that... The only way I can ever do anything is by charging some money for it. Well, I charge for a lot of things. I charge for tarot readings, and I charge for some classes, and I charge for festivals. But there's a whole lot of stuff that I just feel like I want my people to know. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to pay me to teach them. I want them to practice. I want them to practice what I preach. (laughs) (laughs) There's the shirt right there. Practice what I preach. <laughs> well, um, you know, speaking about our pagan community, I want to throw a shout to Ilsa. She has just been through it this week. She really has. Bless her heart. I was talking to her this morning. Were you? Hey, Ilsa. Love hey, you. Hey, Ilsa. Hey, yeah, Ilsa. Yeah, she's had a she's had a hard a hard road to hoe. Yeah. Yeah, she has. And I haven't really had a chance to talk much to her because I've been working. But I, I spoke to her last, no, two nights ago, I guess. And she told me what kind of day she had had. And while I know it could be worse, it could be a lot worse, it's still very hard to watch part of your property catch on fire, especially when you're alone with no transportation away from the property. And it's also really hard to lose an an a pet, a member yes. of your family. So she had both of those things in the first week. And I know that we've had a lot of folks with just crap going on because I've been reading the feeds when I get a chance. And it's like our people are going through their stuff right now and it's kind of a, the right time to do it. And I guess if, if if anybody were to think that I was able to give advice, my advice would be this is a time to start your daily practice. You gotta just yes. do it. And or this if is you, if you used to do it and you stopped because your job got too complicated uh-huh. or your kids got too complicated or whatever, it's uh-huh. time to renew that. Right. And, and don't feel like you've gotta make it I'm sitting in my altar for an hour and a half. Make it something short, sweet, but as often as you can do uh-huh. it and it it does help, I promise. It really, promise. really does. And and if you don't have time to do a big ritual every day, keep your ancestors in your thoughts. And you'll be surprised at how they help you get through life sometimes. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I mean. Absolutely. That's, I don't know. I, I know you keep ancestors in your thoughts. I know you do because I talk to you all the time. You know, you know, and I, know, I, do. And, I do. And plus, I'm, I am blessed to live in a place where um, my ancestors are all around. I mean, the I tell people, my daughter's the fifth generation of my family to live in this particular neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I drive by where my great-grandparents lived. I mean, the house is gone now, but I drive by that almost every day. Wow. Yeah. And see, it's what a, what a grounding feeling that's got to be. I'm from my front yard. Mm-hmm. I can see the mountain where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, wow. It, it's, that's helpful that way. And, and I'll be starting to make the round of cemeteries probably 
Yeah. Well, probably late next week I'll start doing that. Probably. And uh, you know, I got places to go, man. <laughs> Things to do and people to talk to, whether they're in biological yeah. form or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got Buncombe, I've got Henderson, I've got Madison, and I got Haywood. Yeah, all you're lacking for is Swain and Graham, and we really would be relatives. There'd just yeah, be no way out of it. I just don't know. I, I don't know of any of my family that was up there, but, you know, once you get back about four generations, you can't really track all the siblings of whatever your progenitor was. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it's hard. Well, so that brings me to a question. I meant to ask you this earlier last week. Do you have any advice for people who, see, you and I know, we know our kin. We know our recent dad and probably a few generations back from there. And you may know a lot more than that. What about folks who don't have names and they just have never really met many of their relatives. I understand there's a lot of people like that now. How, how, what happens to them if they try to get in touch with their ancestors? And well, how, yeah. they, they don't have to know their great-grandmother's name to address her as great-grandmother. Okay. They don't have to know anything about her. There are some truisms in ancestor veneration about feeding your ancestors. Okay. And almost any ancestor, certainly in this region, uh, if you want to offer something to them as by way of feeding, quote-unquote, your ancestors, then uh, a cup of strong coffee is a good place to start, if you don't know them at all. Now, I know I know my ancestors pretty well back to my, my great-grandparents. Yeah. I can tell you what the things they like to eat and drink and all that stuff, but... Beyond that, I don't really know. I don't know them personally because I didn't know them personally. And the stories that come down to us are not always, well, you know how much great-great-grandma loved some stewed potatoes. Oh, she just loved that. We don't really hear that stuff. That's true. Not often anyway. So That's true. So find things that feel appropriate. But I always tell people start with an ancestor that you actually knew who has died. Start there. People are so funny, like with herbalism. They mm -hmm. want to know every damn herb there is and what it does. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you really, really learn eight sovereign herbs, that's probably all you're ever going to need, eight. You and probably all you're ever going to need from your ancestors is to forge a relationship with your parents your grandparents and maybe your great-grandparents and beyond that it's just you being a show-off it's like well i traced my family back to king henry the third well so what so, are you in line for the damn throne no uh, so what i hear you saying gonna do for you nothing so so what i hear you saying is that you can have a relationship with any of them and you don't have to know their names no, of course no. not. In fact, I tell people who are adopted people mm -hmm. that you've got two sets of ancestors because you've got the, the ancestors of love, of your loving adopted family that's your family, and then you've got those blood ancestors that you may or may not ever know. So mm -hmm. you've got two sets. But you don't have to. What are you going to do if you come into contact with 500 of your damn ancestors? <sighs> 
You can't serve that many people. No, it'll be chaos. No, it will be total chaos. So you, you know, you yeah. find the two or three or whatever that really want to be present with you and are communicating with you. Mm-hmm. You stick with those, and then maybe you light like in the in in Asia they will light incense for the ancestors they don't know, just so oh. they don't hurt their feelings. Okay. So offer a cup of coffee once a week to the unknown ancestors and thank mm. them and and you'll be good. But, man, you can go down your family tree and run into hundreds of people, but you can't, you can't practically work with 500 dead people. Right. You would have no other life but that. Well, your brain couldn't handle the details of it no. either. No. No. So, which leads me to another question. What if you are just learning about this and and the question in your mind is what why should I venerate? What beside if taking aside the history and tradition of it, why should I look for ancestors? How will that benefit me? Well why? I would say if somebody has that attitude, then they shouldn't. There's nothing that requires you to do ancestor commemoration, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the West, we're, we're pretty loosey-goosey about mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, we are. So, you know, if, if somebody, you know, got all crossing their chest with their arms with me and said, well, why should I do it? I'd say, don't. Yeah. Because you ain't going to get nothing out of it. And what's the point of doing something just because it's, maybe it's cool? I don't know if it's cool or not. I don't know what's cool. But do it because some TikTok witch told you to do it? Well, hell no. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. I I, I always throw a question like that right back at them. And I'll say, yeah. well, I don't know. Why would you? <laughs> and then yeah, they get I, the I got people who they either hate their ancestors, they're afraid of their ancestors, mm-hmm. but they're kind of, they feel like they're drawn into doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, pick that one ancestor yep. who was sweet to you when you were a child, or pick as your ancestor somebody that you were very, very close to that you've lost that isn't in your bloodline. Yeah. And connect with them. But, God, it's not something you have to do. Right, right. People are just so crazy. Like, well, but Tom, Dick, and Harry's doing it. I better do it, too. Yeah. Well, not if you're not called to do it. Yeah. Not all right. at all. All right, one last one, and then I'll, I'll quit with this. Uh, the same person who would ask that question might at, might really want to know what to expect. What can I expect if this if I begin this journey and start doing a daily practice? What can I expect? A daily practice of ancestors. With veneration? the ancestors, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's a it's a spectrum of things that could happen. Mm-hmm. You could simply do it out of a sense of of duty and obligation mm-hmm. that it's part of what your spiritual practice is and that's just what you do and and never get anything from it at all except the satisfaction of doing it right and, a, and the discipline the yeah the discipline the other end is you, you could hear their voices in your head you can dream about them you can I mean there's all sorts of ways that you can begin to mm-hmm. um, Ground yourself in the bloodline of your family in a way that gives you some stability, mm-hmm. that gives you some support, that gives you hope, 
and confidence in what you can endure. Because almost all of us are going to have ancestors who went through really, really hard times. Mm-hmm. And we are going through really, really hard times. And so if you can, if you can come into a relationship with an ancestor who survived the 1918-1919 influenza epidemic, mm-hmm. imagine how much more confident you might be about where we are in this pandemic process almost two years into it. Right. Because you you know that your ancestor was just tough as nails and just kind of uh, dug her heels in and made her family mm-hmm. stay home all the time or whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. they did. So it can give you a greater sense of yourself. Yeah. And isn't that what an awful lot of spirituality is about, is giving us a sense of who we are, not mm-hmm. only in our in our family, but who we are in the spiritual family, right. and who we are on the earth. Right. That's that's evolving. That's people who want to evolve. They they come to these conclusions, some, sometimes on their own, and a lot of times they'll go somewhere and find somebody to ask, or they'll get on that internet nowadays, you know. But that yes. is the truth of it. Most people are drawn to it, uh, who come searching. And that's, that's also a tradition in every single religion, if you think about it. Uh-huh. There's always one person in the village, in the community, in the town, in the city, that is that person that's the expert in this field, and they're the mystic. Yeah. And the mystic can, yeah. can heal you, give you a good recipe, find you somebody to love make you feel better when you're hurting. I think so much of what people are searching for right now is they're searching for a way to not be in pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there is so much grief, so much pain, and it comes out for a lot of us in anger. It does. We don't know what to do with it. We carry this burden around and and we don't know we don't know how to make the pain stop. Mm-mm. That's right. Well, some people can make it stop for a little while with drugs, alcohol, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Gambling, sleeping, whatever it is. Yeah. But only temporary. The real thing you have to work through. Well, and you know what's interesting for this area and I don't know anything about other areas, but the shift in weather is going to happen at roughly the same time that we're coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And also, as we're coming out of it, we're we're going into the serious part of our holidays. Yeah, we're in in the year. We're starting the new one, and then we do it all over again the Christian way. <laughs> a couple months later, we're no, all. We have so many new years to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So you can celebrate uh, Jewish New Year. Yep. You can celebrate Pagan New Year. Yep. You can celebrate Cultural New Year. Yes, you can. You can then celebrate Old New Year and then mm-hmm. celebrate Asian New Year. Yep. Lunar New Year. Diwali. And don't forget the Financial New Year. <laughs> right. God, yeah. yeah. But why would we celebrate that? But anyway. So, yeah, no, you're right about that. It's just a real significant time, and we're turning, and it's, I feel it. 
I really do. So if I sound if I sound a little bit distracted, I think that's part of the reason why cuz this is just the time of year that my mind is is there. <laughs> I'm there. You know. Yeah. Well, I this is the time of year when I am I am in prime sort of mm-hmm. garden tending, house tending mode because mm-hmm. I know the winter's coming. Yep. Oh, there's things that need to be done to to make the living and the gardening easier mm-hmm. and to make those places safer and warmer, and I'm getting all that done as quick as I can. Yeah. And then it's the time of year that you can do things like, my buddy, Diatima, contacted me, and she said, I've got a lot. She's got a handful of apple trees where she lives. She said, I, I'm having such a great apple year. And I don't want to process any of them. You want to come down and get these apples? And I said, yes. <laughs> so Thanks. I'm going to go down there in a few days. Oh, how and, wonderful. And the two of us are going to pick apples, and that is going to feel righteous. Yeah. Well. It's going to feel exactly right, because I know she hadn't put anything toxic on those apples, and they've been raised with love. That's wonderful. What kind are That's they? Cool. I have no idea. Okay. That's going to be more work to do, but I'll prep all those apples, chop them up, and we'll put them through the press. Oh, yeah. I'll make me some sides. Yes, ma'am. Some parts. What do you do with the pulp afterwards, or do you put it with it? Compost it. Compost it, good girl. Yeah. (laughs) You know you can turn it into all kinds of stuff. Did you know that? No, that's Uh, enough. If I've made cider, that's enough. Yeah. (laughs) Then it goes, and the rest of the pulp goes in in the compost, and then... Uh, some of y'all know that follow me on Facebook that between my friend Lynn and my friend Diane, we got a beautiful bunch of uh, beekeeping equipment down to the farm down at Weird. I saw that. It's fabulous. You know what? You magic that. You magic that into existence. I'm so excited about that. Um, And I hope before we get some hard weather, to get down there and paint all those hive boxes, and I'm gonna paint them the color of the house. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. they're not leftover paint, might as well. That's perfect. Yeah. Can, and know. then next year we'll get it set up and get some electric fencing around it because it burrs. Yeah. And uh, and I'll get some bees, and I don't know where I'll get bees, but I'll either buy them or somebody will go, hey, I've got a swarm. You want a swarm? You know what's gonna happen? What? You're going to magic that into existence, too, just like you did the beehives. Well, Do you remember that, that conversation last year we had? I, I do, and that was, <laughs> uh, that was pretty amazing. And yeah. It's just the stuff that is being collected up for this little farm. Um, I was at a festival this summer, and a woman said, Do you have an incubator? And I said, You mean for chicken eggs? And she said, Yeah. I said, No, I don't. And she said, well, I've got one in the car. You want it? And she had picked it up at some yard sale for a dollar. Are you kidding me? And I didn't even know this woman. She was a volunteer for this festival. We just struck up a conversation. So so Seasons of a Magical Life is all Magic. about synchronicity, isn't it? It really is. It really is. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about goats. What do you reckon the neighbors would do if I got a goat? It, little well, little it depends. Goats are really trendy. But what if you got like a rude goat? Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. 
You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals. Somewhere on Weird Mountain. I'm just pretty sure there's a homeless encampment over here. <sighs> well, oh well, I made a horse noise just then. I winnied. Oh, good one. <laughs> W-Y-R-D.